Hello and welcome. This is Renee Sills, your astrologer and host of the Embodied Astrology Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and for your support. The horoscopes you're about to listen to were made for the full moon in Pisces on February 19th, 2019. The day of the full moon was also the day that the centaur planet Chiron moved into the sign Aries, where it will travel now for the next nine years. These horoscopes focus on the themes of Chiron and Aries as they play out for each sign and will address the moment now as beginning a new nine-year cycle. You can learn more about this astrology in my longer Embodied Astrology podcast, which is linked from the show notes, or you can go to embodiedastrology.com where you'll find a post for this episode with links to the podcast as well as short written horoscopes for all 12 signs and a guided meditation playlist with awareness practices to support your astrological integration and best benefit. Please make sure to listen to the horoscope for your rising sign, as this will be the most accurate for responding to current events in your life. If you don't know your rising sign, you can get a free chart at astro.com. You can also listen to your sun sign horoscope for information on soul-centered themes, and your moon sign horoscope for information on relationships and family. If you enjoy your horoscopes, please click the like and heart buttons, leave me a comment, and of course, share them with your friends and family. If you really enjoy your horoscopes and want to learn more about how you can support this work to continue, head to embodiedastrology.com and click the donate button where you'll find information on subscriber benefits and a link to sign up by donation at any amount per month. Thank you so much for listening to Embodied Astrology. Now, on to your horoscope. Hello Taurus, thank you so much for listening. This is your audio horoscope for the full moon in Virgo and the movement of Chiron into Aries that happens on the day of the full moon, but it is a much longer event um, till 2027, which is a minute of this planetary influence. So it's a kind of a big deal in, in the astro- astrology world. It's like people are getting excited about this because it only happens once every 50 years. And Chiron is going to be in this sign for the next eight, nine years. And this sign is a really important sign for you because it is the place that precedes your consciousness. So in the part of your chart is called the 12th house. This is the place where everything is felt but not known. It influences you, but you don't really know what it is. It's the place of the invisible. It is the unconscious. It's the dream space. It's culture. And it's also ancestry. So this force called Chiron, which in astrology is a word to describe the experience of psychological understanding. And that's how astrology works, right? Like there's this whole bundle of stuff that happens. And so we can talk about an experience and then we're going to give it a name and we're going to give it a character. And this bundle of stuff, this experience is the process of awakening. And the awakening process can be really painful. And the, the, the way that it's painful is like when we recognize how we create and perpetuate our own pain and we have some insight into it. And then we have to go through this experience of taking responsibility. And we're like, whoa, like I, you know, I carry this belief system or I allow that relationship to treat me that way or I treated that relationship this way and you know this is then what happened. And we understand the ways that we participate in our own suffering. 
And of course, this is going to act out in all kinds of different ways. But what all of these ways have in common is that before they're conscious, they are unconscious. So you have this figure coming into the unconscious, the deepest unconscious place in the chart that is about insight and that is about awakening. How could this play out? Well, one of the ways it might play out is that culturally what's happening around you is a healing space. There is more conversation now than I think there ever has been ever before about trauma. And we are all recipients of trauma. And because this is a place that deals also with ancestry, one of the ways that I'll interpret this is that we live in a moment where you can actually do a huge amount of work for your ancestors, with your ancestors, and for your future. You're going to be an ancestor someday. So how do you want to uh, live into that legacy? Ancestral healing is not woo. Like it's not really that far out there. There's a lot of research that's come out in the last couple of decades about epigenetics and neuroscience. And it's like, how are we conditioned to have the experiences that we have? This is a process of learning that happens in our lineages, right? Like our people went through certain experiences, they developed survival strategies, they developed methods for their own success, they you know, had trauma and they probably didn't have as many tools as we have now to deal with their trauma, which means that plenty of it is residual in your body and in your, you know, your parents or whoever it was that raised you and shaped you. And of course there's cultural trauma too, but we live in a time when there's more psychological awareness and we are also people who can contribute to that awareness. And so Over the course of the next nine years, I would love it if I could inspire in any way um, or support you in any way to take this up as a place of study, as a place of inquiry. How are you carrying um, and what are you carrying for your legacy and from your legacy, from your lineage? You don't need to know specifics. You don't need to know. You can feel it. And things might come up as you open those doorways, as you um, invite it in, and you can literally do that. You can like light a candle, talk out loud to an empty room and go, okay, ancestors, spirits, like I'm ready, you know, help me heal, like help me heal with you. You could try that. You could do a 23andMe. You could go, oh, my people came from that place and then get on Wikipedia and like, oh, wow, they had to deal with that stuff. Or you could just, I don't know, figure that we all come from people who've been through some shit and you probably have some shit and you don't need to know more than that. But then you could start paying attention to your dreams and to your somatic experience and you could do some meditation and start to look at what comes up for you unbidden and like unexplained kind of. It's like, well... What is trying to process through your unconscious these days? And the unconscious is a really strange place. So it's not a logical place. So I would invite non-logical methods. Watching your dreams is one way that 
a lot of people have a lot of success with. So if you're a person who has dreams, like if you have vivid dreams, if you're a lucid dreamer, if you remember your dreams at all, now would be a wonderful time to start working more consciously with your dreams if you're not already. And again, we live in a pretty amazing moment when a lot of people are coming into a lot of awakening. And so there are folks out there who can help you work with your dreams. There are folks out there who make medicine to help you dream more vividly, to help you remember your dreams. There are folks out there who might even voyage with you into your dreams. You can find them. You can find them on the internet. Ask your friends. Ask me. Like, they're out there. Uh, Find them. Another way that you can work with your unconscious is through somatic practice, and this is what I do. And somatic practice is of the body. And basically, like our, I think our bodies are infinitely more intelligent than our minds. Um, the, the body responds so quickly, and all kinds of stuff is going through our bodies all the time. And most of it, we're processing below the layer of consciousness. So if you can put yourself into some kind of space where you can just get quiet, and this is like a meditative space, but you don't have to be sitting up on a cushion. You could be floating on your back in a river. You could be, I don't know, like lying on your couch. Like it doesn't matter. But tune out the distraction. Turn your phone off. Turn the TV off. Like go be alone for a little bit and tune into your breath and then just be in your body, like feel your body and go into the sensations that you're having and just be curious about them and try not to get up in your head and tell yourself stories about what's happening, but let them inform you. And you might have some pretty trippy experiences, you know, like you might have feelings and sensations that come up in your body that are feelings and sensations of your ancestors. I've had experiences like this where I'm like, wow, like I, I feel like this thing happened that like my grandfather had happened to him, you know, like I can feel it in my own body and maybe it's an imagination. That's totally possible. But also, you know, if you spend any time looking at what's coming through with research, especially around epigenetics, especially around neuroscience, especially around metaphysics, it's totally possible that you're feeling the thing that your grandfather was feeling and that at the time, like he couldn't process it. And so it remained as a cellular imprint. It went into your parent and then into you. That happens in our families. Like if our ancestors couldn't process what was happening to them and they they had to push it into their unconscious because it was too much, it was too intense, they had to survive all of this stuff, then that's still a charge. Like it's a charge in the electromagnetics of your cells. It's a charge in your emotional reactivity and it goes into the family line. So when you spend some time lying on your back and breathing into your body and then feeling like, ooh, there's a tension pattern. Why am I so tense in this part of my body? Can I just get it to relax? And and that's all that it is. It's like go into this sensation and then see what arises out of this sensation. You might have memories. You might have all kinds of stuff open up. And then just get curious. Another way that you can deal with your unconscious is stream of consciousness writing. And this is something else that that I've practiced a little bit and that I've found really easy to access. 
And uh, this is basically just like free writing. You don't let yourself stop and you don't think about it and you don't punctuate and you don't worry about your grammar and you definitely don't worry about anybody else reading it or that you even need to read it. But maybe you start with like a question of some kind and then just, you know, open your hand and and let the pen get moved and just notice what comes out. And sometimes it takes a while. Like you could just free write for three pages. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write, but maybe it'll start to come out. And if you do that practice daily, it starts to get easier. Of course, there's therapy. That's, you know, obvious, but I don't know if it really gets into the unconscious all the time, especially not talk therapy, but maybe some forms like the neuroemotional technique or hypnosis or somatic therapy for sure could get in there. Dream therapy, definitely. So find something, you know, find some way to connect with your unconscious, to get into that liminal dream space and just consider reaching out to your ancestors. I truly believe that the spirit realm is present and we have access to it. And there are lots of forms, like lots of, of gateways into that place. Like astrology is a great place for me, but maybe for you, it's something else. And I really deeply believe that if you ask and if you talk to them, to it, you will get a response. And it might not come like in a clear voice, although it might, but it could come in just signs. Like it could come in synchronicity, like the right thing happening at the right time or the song coming onto the radio or smelling something that sparks a memory. Speak it out loud. Start talking to them. If you know their names, say their names. If you have their pictures, make an altar. If, you know, it's like honor them. Just say hi. That whatever you want to call it, like that is that spirit realm. Maybe they are individuated spirits. I don't know. Like maybe they still know themselves as themselves, but maybe it's just some greater energy that you're also a part of. And so you're accessing some part of yourself. That's also your ancestor. That's possible too. We live in a magical morphogenetic realm and a lot of things are possible that aren't really in the logical linear space. And that is what this space is about. That's where this healing force is entering, is the non-logical, non-linear, anything is possible and magic can happen. All you need to do is ask. All right. That's what I have for you for now. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information, please listen to your other personal horoscopes, your sun, moon, and rising sign. All have information you might be interested in. The podcast has a lot more information about Chiron and Aries, about Pisces season, which we're just beginning, and a whole month ahead forecast, as well as tons of other stuff. If you go to embodiedastrology.com, you can find short written horoscopes for all 12 signs, uh, playlists with guided meditations, and the guided meditations might be interesting for you if you're journeying into the unconscious. And you can also find info on an upcoming class that I'm offering. It's online. It's going to be recorded. It's accessible on Chiron and Aries. Maybe you're interested in that. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.